All right, wall fans, common censors, podcast world. That's right. It is me, the one and only Sean O'Rourke, coming at you with episode 55. Episode 55 of Go Tell It To The Wall podcast. Just checking them off there. 54, 55, soon we'll be at 56. And what comes after? I know, I can count. Went to school, went to 13 years of private education and four years of, well, they didn't really teach me much counting in film school. But yeah, I can count. I can count. Oh, well, there's an interesting opening. All right, let's get into some stuff. We got all kinds of fun stuff tonight. As I said, I am the one and only Sean O'Rourke, and this is Go Tell It To The Wall podcast. And let's get into it. Uh, we got some social plugs. As always, we got to do it. Top of the show. I know everyone gets annoyed. Everyone that's a regular listener is like, dude, I do all those things. But we're going to say it anyway. First off, you still can, as of now, follow us on Facebook. Like our page at facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. I keep teasing that we're going to stop using it, but we're still using it until I find something better. That's right. We have better options, but there's just Facebook and certain things, and we just keep doing it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's there, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. You can also follow us on Twitter, at tell the wall pod, at tell the wall pod, and of course, my personal Twitter account, at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those. Awesome nuggets of wisdom throughout the week. Lots of hashtag common sense coming your way if you do follow. Uh, and of course, head on over to our YouTube page. Just search go tell it to the wall YouTube page channel. It's hard to keep track of all the different things. We got pages, we got channels, we got Twitters. I don't know what that is. Timeline? I don't know. But head on over to the YouTube channel, search Go Tell It to the Wall, subscribe, leave us a like, a comment, whatever else. Tell us how terrible it is. Give us some ideas uh, for some new beer reviews on the Go Tell It to the Brewery playlist. All that good stuff. Just all kinds of awesome stuff over there. So check us out, subscribe. And most importantly, encompassing of all of those things would be SeanO'RourkeLive.com. I've finally been doing some updating on the damn website. That's why it's been a crazy week. Still working on it, but we're getting new content up there constantly, but that will also give you links to all the different things that I just mentioned, uh, including where you can subscribe and download the podcast if you're not already doing so, uh, mainly on Podomatic. That's where we host the podcast, so give them a shout-out, give them some love. We love Podomatic. Uh, you can, of course, find it everywhere else, Google Play, iTunes, and we're pushing Spotify. We're pushing Spotify right now. Go Tell to the Wall podcast is on Spotify. So head on over there, add us to your lists, or do whatever you do on Spotify. I'll be honest, I'm not a huge Spotify user. Uh, I'm just not. I've been trying to use it a little bit. My wife is a Spotify user. I just I haven't gotten too much into use, using the Spotify. Uh, but we are on there. If that's what you prefer to use, find us on there. Add us to your list or whatever, and, and enjoy what is Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. All right, let's get the beer this week out of the way. We've got an exciting one this week. Exciting because it's kind of rare. It's kind of rare. Well, rare depending where you live. <laughs> if if you live in a certain area, you might be like, dude, that's down the street from me. Uh, but if you're on the West Coast, this one's going to be rare for you. And it's a nice little brew from Newport Storm. Newport Storm, uh, their slogan is Rhode Island's Microbrewery. That's right. Rhode Island is not a huge state. And apparently Newport Storm, they've been around since 1999, and they are officially Rhode Island's oldest microbrewery. Only since 1999. 
You know, nothing against Rhode Island, but you got a small state there, and it kind of took a little while for the microbrews to take off there, apparently. Yeah, that, that was a surprise to me. Uh, but check them out, Newport Storm. I am enjoying the Hurricane Amber Ale, which happens to be their, their very first offering when, when they kind of went went big uh, in around 2006, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, it is an Amber Ale, if, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast or longtime purveyor of the YouTube channel, you know that I'm not a huge fan of amber ales. I'm just, I'm personally, I'm not. Uh, there's really only a few out there that I'll even order if I'm like, okay, I'll have, you know, I'll have an amber ale. It's nothing against them. It's just, it's, it's a taste thing. You know, certain people like certain beers and for me, I don't love ambers, but for an amber ale, it is very tasty. And if you enjoy ambers, uh, I would recommend this one to you. I would definitely drink it again. Uh, it's sitting right around 5%, so it's not super heavy. Uh, but personally, I'm, just, like, I'm not going out and buying a case of this one just because I'm an IPA guy. I'm a pale ale guy. That's what I. That's kind of my go-to. Uh, but I would recommend it if you like amber ales or if you just like to try awesome beers, you know, awesome microbrew beers. We actually have another one uh, from Newport Storm. I got these uh, through my, my cool little beer subscription. That's how I find these, these weird little microbrews, you know. Uh, and, uh, so I've got another one. We'll have it on a podcast and we've got a beer review going up on the YouTube channel, the go tell to the brewery playlist, hopefully soon, uh, hopefully soon. And of course we have our stats and information. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's all about taste. And I'm glad you said that, Chris, we have our stats and information guy now giving me a hard time on the live feed. Uh, cause he, Chris does not like IPAs. He's not an IPA fan. So he likes Amber Ales. So this is something he would enjoy. So it's, it all comes down to taste. That's just a perfect example. Like, I love IPAs. I just do. But I understand if you if people don't like IPAs. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all about what you prefer taste-wise. Uh, and I have to be honest, I, I, was a, I was a smoker for very, very, very many years, which is, I was thinking about that today because uh, someone had commented on the YouTube channel on one of the beers and the flavor of it and that they had had. And it was kind of different from my, my taste of it, I guess, the, my take on it. Uh, and I think when you when you smoked for many 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 years, uh, as I did, it, it changes your taste buds a little. So I think I'm also getting different flavors than a lot of other people. Uh, but depending on your taste in beer, uh, grab yourself a, a nice little Newport Storm Hurricane Amber Ale. Probably going to be hard to find if you're on the West Coast. Again, I got that through my my awesome little beer subscription thing. They send me these rare kind of unknown, I mean, like I said, I, I say unknown, unknown like out here, I did, I had never heard of Newport Storm, and it, it's kind of, they've got some cool little, simple, but cool little bottle artwork, and again, Rhode Island's microbrewery, I mean, come on, I mean, you're like, we got the whole state on lockdown, we are the microbrewery, mm. it is tasty though, for an amber ale, I just, I, like, I don't, I don't drink a ton of them, Ugh. all right, I want to, I want to take a moment, just a quick moment. Ah, I'm not even going to say quick moment. Um, I've talked about it on the podcast recently. And unfortunately, six days ago, last Friday, uh, really a week ago, if you're listening to this podcast when it goes up, uh, we unfortunately lost an incredible, incredible human being. Uh, his name was Larry Harvey. And if you're not familiar with Larry Harvey, I'll give you a little bit of a background on him, uh, he's actually the, the founder, one of the founders, but really the main founder of Burning Man. He, he started Burning Man on a beach in San Francisco and then helped to, to grow Burning Man into what it is today. And there's a lot of, a lot of different stuff kind of going out and about with this because people that aren't aware of the principles of Burning Man and, and the type of people that go, I mean, 
the type of people that really live those 10 principles as opposed to just going and partying in a desert for, you know, five to eight days, three to eight days, however long they end up going. Um, but really, personally, I never met Larry Harvey, never met him in person, but I know of him. But the important thing to me, and I know to so many other people like me that are burners out there that have experienced the decommodification that is Burning Man, the 10 principles that is Burning Man, the community that is Burning Man, and the spirituality that is Burning Man, all of us owe a huge debt to Larry Harvey for creating this, for lighting the spark, lighting the spark that ignited, for lack of a better word, a revolution and changed so many lives. I can sit here right now on this microphone and tell you my life was absolutely changed because of Burning Man. And I, I will admit that. I know many people that will also admit that. So all of us out there, we owe so much to Larry Harvey. Now you have the other sector of burners uh, that really like to go out there and just dance and do drugs. You guys also owe a huge debt to Larry Harvey because you wouldn't be able to do that. And nothing against just going out and partying and dancing and raving about and say, like that's fine do your thing I'm not, I'm not but outside of creating an event Larry Harvey helped to harvest an entire generation really multiple generations of people that are now living those principles living those principles and in fact in fact and I know multiple I know quite a few different stories about this uh, but I'm going to call them out on it right now the both of them our, fat, our stats and information person, Chris, as well as our on-air producer, Bridget, are both burners. They are both campmates of mine, and they met each other because of Burning Man. And they are now married and have two beautiful children and have an amazing family and continue to live those principles. And I can't wait until we can all get our kids out there on the playa and start passing down those principles to all of our children and the next generation of burners. Uh, so rest in peace, Larry Harvey. We owe so much to you, and I know your memory will will live on forever. Forever. Because my daughter's going to know who Larry Harvey was. My daughter's not even two years old. She's going to know who Larry Harvey was. And in fact, if you go to the bar on the deck in my backyard right now, there's a tile. I'm not going to get into the details, but there's a tile from our theme camp that I've had hanging up there since we moved into this house a year and a half ago that just says Larry Harvey. And now it's always going to stay up there. It's not going anywhere. So thank you, Larry. Um, I hope you're somewhere right now looking down on everyone that's appreciating what you've done for them. And I know this year's temple burn and this year's temple is, is going to be on an absolute different level than it's ever, ever, ever been. Uh, and though I never met you personally, I will miss you. And I know thousands, thousands, and thousands of other burners uh, are missing you now and will miss you really, until they are unfortunately unfortunately, no longer around on this earth. Man, man. I think that, you know, it's so, so, much, so many things have been happening the past week. And there's some other things that I'm just not going to get into. Uh, but I do want to point this one out, and we're going to kind of talk about this throughout the episode, and we're going to talk about this throughout the month of May, because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Mental Health Awareness Month. And if you're a fan of the podcast, uh, you know that we are huge proponents of mental health awareness uh, and, and mental illness and removing the stigma that is mental illness. So I'm going to tell you right now at the top of this podcast, what we're going to do through the month of May is I'm going to share a personal story because, again, 
if you've listened to the podcast previously, you know that I've struggled with mental illness for a very, very long time. And I try to be as open as I can about that to help remove the stigma that surrounds mental illness and talking about mental illness and hopefully helping people that are dealing with this and not sure exactly what they're dealing with. So that's what we're going to do throughout the month of May. And I'm going to start right now because I have a really recent one, really recent one. And it's not even real specific, but I bring this up because I want people out there that might not realize this to know that it's okay, to know that that's okay. Uh, I've dealt with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, and OAD, obsessive anxiety disorder, for really since I was a child. Didn't realize it until I was in my late teens and was able to to be diagnosed and, and get help and everything else. But I've dealt with that for a very, very long time. Uh, for the most part, I'm able to to put it to the side. I'm able to to kind of pick myself up by the bootstraps, you know, for lack of a better phrase. But sometimes it just becomes too much. And this week was one of those examples. I've had a lot of stress and anxiety going lately. Uh, I've talked about it on the podcast, very open about it. Uh, And it all really came to a head this week. On Tuesday night, I just had so much going on, and I felt okay. I felt okay. But it was almost like a switch flipped on me, uh, where I was pushing down the anxiety and the stress, pushing it down and just, you know, not ignoring it, but just trying to to get rid of it without really getting rid of it. And what happened to me on Tuesday night is I had an absolutely debilitating episode. Absolutely debilitating. My wife was cooking dinner in the kitchen. And I walked in the kitchen and I just and I turned to her and I said, my stomach hurts. She goes, you okay? No, my stomach hurts. And I immediately ran to the bathroom and I threw up. Immediately, right after that. Threw up. Came out of the bathroom sweating. You know, can barely hold my head up. My wife's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I just don't feel good. And I went and laid on the couch. And I couldn't move from the couch for a good three, four hours. I just stayed on the couch. Now, fortunately, my wife is aware of my struggles when it comes to mental illness and, and kind of knew what was going on. And she was able to help me through that. But I was stuck on a couch for four hours. Couldn't hold my head up. It hurt to hold my head up. Couldn't look at anything just laid there almost in a fetal position for like four hours and I bring this up because it's okay sometimes that's gonna happen now do you want that to happen every day of course not of course not but it's okay to give in not give in but just let yourself not be okay for a few minutes maybe a few minutes maybe a couple hours whatever it is and especially if you have that support like fortunately I have in my home and in my family, in the form of my wife and the rest of my family and everything else. But I bring that up because it's okay. It's okay. These things happen. These things happen. You shouldn't feel like you're broken. You shouldn't. Because here's the thing. If someone breaks their leg, we know they're broken. Now, it's different, but in a lot of ways, it's not. It's a disease. It's an illness. And it's okay to talk about that. You break your leg, you get a cast, you're going to talk about it. You shouldn't feel bad or that you're broken or there's something wrong with you because you have a mental illness or you have anxiety or stress or whatever it is. And always remember that there's someone out there to help you. There always is someone to help you. I've said it so many times on this podcast. If you think you don't have anyone to help you, shoot me a message. 
you can shoot me a private message through the website. No one's going to see it. And I'll get you resources to help you. And on the same side, on the other side of it, maybe you don't have any problems. Maybe, you, you know, this is, this is not something you've had to deal with in your life. And if that's the case, there's a good chance that there is someone you know that is dealing with something. And just be aware of that. Don't go around asking them, but just be aware of that. So that if someone does come to you needing help, just needing a shoulder, an ear, whatever it is, just be ready for that. Because we all need somebody. We all, we all need each other. You know, maybe not someone specific, not one specific person, but we all need each other. We're all in this game together. We're all in this race together. The human race. And the only way we're going to get through it is by lifting each other up. And especially removing stigma around something like mental illness, anxiety, whatever it is, bipolar. These are all things that are medical issues. And there's nothing wrong with having those. And there's nothing wrong with seeking help for those things. And so throughout the, for the next three, four episodes, I haven't looked at the calendar. I, I, I wasn't sure if we were getting four or five in May. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that every episode. And I'm going to share a personal story uh, about my, my 20, well, really 30-plus year struggle uh, with mental illness, 20, 20 years of, of knowing what the hell I was dealing with and not just thinking I was just broken, you know, just broken. All right, uh, let's get into some, well, I got one more thing. I was going to put this in the social uh, but then I just, yeah, I feel like I have to talk about this, but I'm not a huge fan of it just cause I feel like it's been beat to death. <sighs> the day we're recording this is May 3rd, 2018, which means the day that this goes live, like up on Podomatic and all of your favorite little podcast sites, you know, Spotify, whatever, it's going to be May 4th. And if you're even remotely a Star Wars fan. You know what May 4th is. It's May the 4th be with you. Yes. So all day tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening to this, you're going to open your social feeds and you're going to see everything May 4th. And it's fine. Do your social. I I didn't put it in social because I feel like it's just kind of been beat to death. And it's like, uh, you know, okay, we get it. It's May the 4th. Yes, it's May the 4th. Yes. May. Okay. May the 4th. Uh, I do feel like Disney kind of screwed up a little bit here. They like... You're putting out a freaking Star Wars movie like once a month. You couldn't. It, May the Fourth is on a Friday this year. Couldn't couldn't get something out of May the Fourth. Uh, anyway, tomorrow's May the Fourth, so go ahead and spread your your May the Fourth. I just I I don't participate just because I feel like that one's just been beat to death and I'm like uh okay I get it it's May Fourth. That's the other one. I was happy this I was happy this year because the other one that drives me nuts. It I, f- I feel like maybe that's why I'm having like a rough week. Like the beginning of May is just like, oh my God, I get it. Oh my God. And we just beat the things to death. And thankfully the Justin Timberlake memes were very minimal this year. Very minimal. And I I think I even saw a tweet from Justin Timberlake that was like, we get it. Like we get it. It's May. Like if you're not familiar with that one, go look it up. It it was remotely funny. Like the first time, although I didn't really understand it the first, like years ago when I saw it the first time I had to have a coworker explain and they were like, you know that song that insane. I was like, what? It's going to be me? Yeah, it's going to be me, not May. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I guess he kind of says it that way. Uh, oh, is that a thing? Uh, is Quattro de Mayo a thing? Ugh. I think that's an Arrested Development thing. 
And I'm, I am I watched Arrested Development, but I was like so late to that game that I don't recall the Quattro de Mayo thing. Maybe we'll just celebrate Quattro de Mayo tomorrow since May the 4th has just been overdone. Quattro de Mayo. And, of course, Saturday's Cinco de Mayo. Don't drink too much, Wall fans. <laughs> don't drink too much. Oh, oh, boy, do I have a Cinco de Mayo story. That one, You know what? That Cinco de Mayo story is going to have to be for the whiskey episode, though. That's like a fully off-the-rails Cinco de Mayo story. Oh, man. That's a fully off-the-rails one. We'll see if we ever get to that. All right, let's get into some real social. Real social stuff. Real social stuff. No, social, social media stuff. It's like, just throw it around. Like, no, no, social media, that's what we're doing here. Uh, I found, I the hashtags were really minimal this week. Uh, the hashtags I wanted to talk about were really minimal this week. So let's just, let's kick off with the the only one this week that actually, like, made me laugh. And that would be hashtag make a Metallica song softer. Hashtag make a Metallica song softer. If you're familiar with Metallica, they're a metal band. They've been around forever. I guess I think they're are they considered metal. I don't understand like the music delineations. I think I have some friends that are like super into metal that would be like, that's not metal. And like, okay, whatever. They play music, <laughs> and they're very very like hard music. They've been around for a long time. If you're not really. Who's not familiar with Metallica? I mean, it's kind of like being like, well, who's Queen? Like, you know, even if you're not like a rock fan, you're like, yeah, I've heard Metallica. Anyway, it's this trend that's going around right now. Hashtag make a Metallica song softer. You can figure it out. It's kind of taking lyrics or a title from a Metallica song and making it sound better. And I'm going to give you the one that literally made me laugh out loud when I opened this one up. And it was kill some of them. Hashtag make a Metallica song softer if you're not familiar with Metallica. They have a song called Kill Em All, so if you want to make it softer, just kill some of them. Yeah, that one made me laugh out loud. Uh, the other one is Ride the Lightning McQueen. Hashtag make a Metallica song softer. They had an album called Ride the Lightning. I guess. I mean, which is fu the funny thing is I read that very differently at first, and I thought it, like, I was thinking Steve McQueen. I was like, oh, that's very dirty. <laughs> but no, Lightning McQueen is the car from Cars voiced by uh, Owen Wilson. So, you know, riding around in a cartoon car is probably better than riding on an electric chair, which is actually featured on the, the cover of the uh, Ride the Lightning album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this, I'm easily amused by things. May the 4th doesn't amuse me. It, it, Justin Timberlake memes don't amuse me, uh, but give me <laughs> funny changed Metallica lyrics. That's what's beautiful about podcasting is I get to do what I enjoy. I mean, I sometimes Bridget will call, like, I'll get a call from Bridget, like, okay, Sean, like, you're, that was a little ridiculous, you know, eh, but I still pretty much get to do what I want. That's just kind of how it goes. And so I get to talk about the funny social stuff that I want to talk about, and that would be uh, hashtag make a Metallica song softer. So check that one out if you want some laughs. Uh, this next one I'm going to talk about, I'm not even going to read some off, but I, I struggled with this for the past few days. Like struggled, not like huge struggle, but just how was I going to approach this? Because on the last episode, I talked about how we don't talk about a certain individual who is a musician out in the world right now because he's essentially a Kardashian, and we don't talk about the Kardashians on this podcast. We just don't. Well, that son of a bitch went fully off the rails the other day, and now we got to talk about him. If you're not familiar with what Kanye West did this week, he headed on over to the TMZ studios. If you're not familiar with TMZ, they're, it's a crappy tabloid show 
I don't know who watches that damn thing. I mean, respect to them. Do do your thing. I don't know who the hell's watching it, but it's a crappy tabloid show. It's it's like those magazines that you see in the checkout lane at the grocery store. It's essentially that on television, and they do a live version of this. I, I'm sure it's pre-recorded, but it's TMZ live. And Kanye West decided to show up to the studio. And I'm not going to get into exact quotes, but as he was sitting there, he basically went out and said that slavery was a choice. Slavery was a choice. And then on top of that, after that show, he went and tweeted a fake Harriet Tubman tweet. uh, Where er, Harriet Tubman tweet? No. Harriet Tubman quote. (laughs) I don't think she was tweeting. They didn't have Twitter back then. Man, can you imagine here? See, that'd be some funny hashtags. And, like, I, don't, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish Harry Tubman, but, like, historical figures tweet their tweets. You know what I mean? Like, Hamilton. Like, let's let's go with Hamilton. Like, start with Hamilton. What, what's he doing? I'm sure we got all kinds of gems out of the, the musical there. Just do it. You know, you know. Uh, historical tweets. There hashtag historical tweets. Bridget, write that down. Hashtag historical tweets. We're, work- we're going to get that one big. Anyway. See, we just, we tangent, we got a little tangent, we're going to bring it right back in here. We're talking about Kanye. Anyway, he he tweeted out this fake Harriet Tubman quote that was like, where she's, and this is fake, and I quote, but not really, this is Kanye, I guess. Uh, I saved thousands of slaves, but I could have saved thousands more if they wanted to. And it was was something along those lines. And I was like, really? Really, dude? Uh, and he really got put in his place. There's one of the staffers at TMZ, which, again, I don't watch TMZ, but I've watched, obviously, clips of it and stuff on social media, uh, who really put him in his place. And uh, we've hit the point where we absolutely have to put Kanye in his place, and, in fact, to the point where there's a hashtag that blew up, of course, on social media. And I'm not going to give you any of the exact tweets or posts or anything. If you're interested, check it out, uh, because some of them get really serious. Uh, and it's just, and not that you, we should, I mean, we need to be very serious about this, but uh, this is just something I, I would rather not go through reading these because it's not like a funny situation. Uh, and so the hashtag that was trending after that was hashtag if slavery was a choice. And so, of course, people ran with it. So I encourage you to look it up if you're interested. Uh, but of course, we don't talk about Kanye West on the podcast anyway, but here's what's killing me about Kanye West. Now, it really blew up. It really did. It blew up, and, and it's out there in the world, and, and people were outraged. However, there wasn't enough outrage if you ask me. There just simply wasn't enough outrage if you ask me. Now, I've said before on this podcast, on videos, on everything else, the guy is clearly trying to get clicks. He's trying to, you know, he, he, he became a little less relevant, and he's trying to get to relevancy by, by wearing a Make America Great hat again and all this other stupid shit. But there's no excuse for this. I don't care if you're trying to make yourself relevant. To minimize slavery and trivialize the struggle of African Americans in this country is completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. And in fact, we really get on many other people for doing this. The Orange Menace, for example. Lots of other people out there. The KKK and the the white supremacists. We're all about getting on them. But we're not getting on Kanye enough. We're not. You know, some allegations come out against Harvey Weinstein. The guy disappears disappears James Franco really not even confirmed allegations disappears Kanye West is still out there spouting this stuff so I implore all of you out there even if you were a Kanye fan if you still are 
You need to ask yourself what you're a fan of at this point. And if you were a Kanye fan, I encourage you, don't support him. We need to basically write him off. Write him out of the industry at this point. And until I see that, I won't be satisfied with the heat that Kanye is catching from this. Because it's completely unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. And we need to do better. And it's crazy. It's crazy. The guy's from Chicago. Like, come on. Come on. Like, the African-American... Like, come on. That is struggle, dude. And you're just trivializing it. Come on. Get a life. Call yourself an artist. It's ridiculous. It's an insult to other artists and musicians. It's an insult, as far as I'm concerned. All right. And that is going to be the extent that we're going to talk about Kanye Kardashian forever again now on the podcast unless he does something stupid like I don't I don't think it can get any dumber like I just I don't think it can get any dumber so we're not going to talk about Kanye Kardashian anymore on this podcast that was the extent of it and we're done we're done I know we do give fodder you know we still talk about the orange medicine stuff but we don't talk about Kardashians on the pod so we're done with it now all right now I have some interesting news for everyone this is, this is some hot breaking news. If, you, if you're not aware of this one, this could be serious, serious breaking news for you. And I put it in the social section uh, because this news was broken through the official Twitter account for Sweden, which I didn't know countries had official Twitter accounts, but apparently they do. Uh, and if, if all countries do, I'm really curious who is running the United States Twitter account, or did we just give that one up to the Orange Menace and like... I, I don't know, uh, but apparently Sweden has an official Twitter account where they tweet stuff out, you know, and something they recently tweeted out was just a shocker for so many people. Uh, so, you know, those Swedish meatballs that come from Sweden, you can get them at Ikea. I'm not a Swedish meatball. Something about Swedish meatballs. I don't like them, uh, but I know people love them. People love going to Ikea, getting their Swedish meatballs, you know, whatever restaurants get your Swedish meatballs. Well, the cat's out of the bag on that one. And Sweden has actually admitted that the recipe for Swedish meatballs actually came from Turkey. It is from Turkey. So it's actually a Turkish dish. It's not technically a Swedish dish because uh, one of their, their king, oh, King Charles VII, uh, who was the king of Sweden, brought the recipe from Turkey to Sweden, and then they really just ran with it. So I don't know if we're going to start calling them Turkish meatballs at this point, but uh, interesting fact for everyone. I know you're shocked. Shocked. So shocking. I was even shocked, and I don't eat I don't eat Swedish meatballs. All right, I got one more thing in social. Can you be, look, look at this. We're still on social, guys. You just never know where we're going with things. Like, I act like we have, uh, you know, segments. And, no, no. We just, it's just me talking to a wall for an hour. Uh, but one more thing, and this one is important. This one's really important. Uh, there's a new phishing scam going on around Twitter. It's popping up on Twitter. Uh, and just, I bring this up because twofold. You always need to be careful when you're clicking on anything in social platforms. Just anything. But this one's extra, extra crazy because it's a phishing scam, but it's being done through ads on Twitter. So these are purchased ads on Twitter, and then they're made to look like Twitter advertisements. So it looks like you're, you would be clicking on something that's genuinely from Twitter, not a phishing scam, not just a third party, whatever else. Uh, so I br- and I bring this up again 
because just be safe out there. Don't just go clicking willy nilly. Uh, and in fact, the example that I had seen earlier was was like a link to get verified on Twitter. And, you know, the people were like, oh, my God, I want to get verified. I got to get verified right now. Uh, but just FYI to all of you Twitterers out there, uh, Twitter ended their their verification program like a year ago. It'll probably come back at some point, but they're not actually verifying anybody <laughs> right now. If, you, if you're verified already, you're still verified. They're not verifying anybody at this point because they verified a white supremacist. And it became a whole big thing. Huh, what a surprise. Verifying white supremacists. What's going to happen? Yeah, you're going to get a little get a, get a little backlash from that one. Yep, most definitely. Oh, man. So much social this week. I think we're going to be running into that all May cuz I'm just I'm going to put the mental health awareness stuff at the top of the show and we're just then we got to end up breezing through TV, film and books and all that other stuff and we'll see how it goes. We're we're kind of on the rails. Kind of keeping it on the rails here. Getting getting a little tangented, but we're keeping it on the rails for the most part. Um, all right, let's get into some TV, film, books. TV, film, and books. Now, I don't want to get I don't want to get crazy into this one. I just I don't, but I want to bring it up. So we all know there's a controversy uh, that's been boiling to the surface, and there was a documentary that was put out a little while ago uh, regarding the character Apu on The Simpsons, who was voiced by Hank Azaria. Now, Apu is an Indian character on The Simpsons. He's voiced by a white actor, Hank Azaria, uh, who does a very, very stereotypical Indian voice. And of course, Apu owns the Quickie Mart, and it's, it's all very stereotypical and could definitely be construed as, I don't want to say, insulting, you know, not like an in-your-face insult, but definitely a backhanded insult uh, and, and probably an, an example of inappropriate cultural appropriation, if you ask me. Now, Here's where it gets crazy. The Simpsons has been around for 29 years, and I believe Apu is one of the original characters. And so a lot of people defending this are saying it's been around for 29 years. People don't have a right to get offended now. Well, let me bring something up to you. Simpsons has been around for 29 years. Let's say you weren't born when The Simpsons started. And maybe you weren't in the craze that was The Simpsons of the early 90s. And you weren't really aware of it. And you go and you watch them and you find this character. It could be very insulting. And on top of that, yes, I know that it's been around forever. And people are saying, well, you can't be offended. Why are people offended? Here's the thing, and I've always held to this on the podcast. I've talked about this many times. When it comes to cultural misappropriation, to me, if one person is offended and legitimately offended then that makes it inappropriate as far as I'm concerned. Now, I'm not offended. I'm not Indian. But when someone says that and I look at it, I say, yeah, I could definitely see how this could be offensive. And the other kicker on this is Matt Groening. Matt Groening is the creator of The Simpsons. Now, Hank Azaria actually went on a talk show and talked about it and was very compassionate about it and, and said he understood how people could be offended and maybe some changes need to be made. The Simpsons tried to address it in an episode and basically just brushed it off. Well, then Matt Groening was doing a press event regarding The Simpsons. And I'm going to give you the question posed to him was, do you have any thoughts on the criticism of Apu as a stereotype? And this is from Groening. And I quote, not really. I'm proud of what we do on the show. And I think it's a time in our culture where people love to pretend they're offended. Think about that for a second. Love to pretend they're offended. I don't think anyone's pretending they're offended here. I 
can see right on the surface. You watch five minutes of the Apu character, you can see how it's offensive. You can see how it's offensive. I've actually gotten a I actually got a comment because I had posted something the other day on social media, and someone said, "Well, how is this offensive? He owns a Quickie Mart, and as far as I as far what I can see, all the convenience stores around me are owned by Indian people." What? What? So, that, that that makes it okay? No, it doesn't. It doesn't make it okay. That's what we call a stereotype. And you can't feed into the stereotypes. Now, I get the point if it's been around 29 years. But again, if someone's offended, it needs to be discussed. And you can't just brush it off. I'm not saying we, you stop this, but you can't just brush it off. Oh, people just love to get offended. Nobody loves to get offended, asshole. Who loves to get offended? Bridget, do you love to get offended? I don't think so. I don't think so. Nobody loves to get offended. Come on, man. Let's do better. All right. Oh, Matt Groening. I'm done. I'm th I'm done with The Simpsons. And not because I'm offended by the Apu character, but I'm done because Matt Groening just doesn't care about his fans. He doesn't care about his fans. No compassion. No compassion. And I'm at the point where, and I posted something similar on social media the other day. I'm at the point where I just assume all these people that I looked up to and, you know, went to film school studying and all this other, I'm just assuming they're all assholes and I'm just holding out every hope possible that Kevin Smith doesn't have any skeletons in his closet. And then I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Kevin, no, no, no skeletons in that closet. I don't want to see. I don't want to. But I have a feeling he's kept it pretty clean especially considering that he's given all his royalties to a, a, a female film organization. Uh, all his Weinstein royalties are just going straight there, straight there. Uh, all right, let's move on. Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 coming out May 18th. I'm so excited about this one. I am more excited I, I am more excited about this one than any other film that's around right now that includes that, that little Avengers flick that came out last weekend that I still haven't seen. I actually almost went to see it today. I had a friend going to see it by himself because he just he just had a baby three months ago. I don't even think three months ago. Uh, and my wife was like, why don't you go see it with him? And, and I almost did today. But I'm like three movies behind. And I, I'm probably not going to get through all of those movies. But I know, uh, and all the Marvel fans that are listening right now, I, I know I need to see Thor Ragnarok. Like I was like, I can't go see the event without at least seeing that one. Uh, I haven't seen Spider-Man. I haven't seen... Uh, Doctor Strange, and I have I haven't seen Black Panther. I'm not going to get out to the theater to see Black Panther, not because I don't want to. It's just very difficult. I have an, an almost 18 month old child at home. My daughter will be 18 months and eight days. It's very difficult to go to the movies. I'm going to find a way, however, to go see Deadpool 2 because uh, that's what I'm just ridiculously excited about. Deadpool is by far my favorite Marvel movie, and I have a feeling Deadpool 2 will be my second favorite Marvel movie. I just just kind of have a feeling. Uh, but there was a cool little interview that came out with Ryan Reynolds, and I'm sure if, if all of you out there, if you have not seen all of the cool interstitials and the marketing that they've been doing behind this, it's fantastic. Uh, but there's a little interview with Ryan Reynolds and Entertainment Weekly uh, where he brought up a joke that because he co-wrote Deadpool 2 uh, with two other guys. I uh, brought up a joke that they had written into the script, and I believe they even shot the joke. Uh, I don't know the specifics of the joke. Ryan Reynolds did not give specifics of the joke, uh, but to give you a little background, Deadpool is actually being released on Fox because of all the different contracts with Marvel and everything else. It's not released on Disney. It's not released through Disney. It's released through Fox. Uh, and coincidentally, Ryan Reynolds had written in and filmed a joke about Disney. Who knows how offensive or whatever else, but there was a joke about Disney, kind of a you know little jab at Disney. And the executives at Fox said, you know what, that's probably not a good idea. 
Probably not a good idea. And it's a double whammy here because not only does Fox not want to upset Disney because Disney actually owns the IP that is Deadpool. It's just licensed and contracted out to Fox. Uh, but they are right in the middle of finalizing a deal where Disney is purchasing 20th Century Fox. So this Deadpool 2 film will most likely be the property of Disney. And they thought it would not be a good idea to have a Disney jab, you know, in there with a Marvel character, I guess. It's hard for me to relate because I'm, I'm like, I'm jabbing at the mouse all day. Like, More layoffs, Mickey? <laughs> no, no, I'll jab at him. I don't care. Nobody's, Disney's not coming to buy, go tell it to the wall. <laughs> and even if they did, <laughs> no, they could, they could. There's a, there's a dollar amount. There's a dollar amount. That's for damn sure. Uh, but Disney ain't giving me that, that dollar amount. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Uh. All right, let's move along. I feel like I'm getting through this amber ale quicker than usual. You know what it is? It's it's really warm in the studio tonight. I don't know what's happening. It was really cold. The past, cold. Cold being relative. It was it was a little chilly in Los Angeles the past couple days, and it warmed up today, and I feel like I didn't get the air conditioning on at the right time, and now it's very warm in my studio. So I'm like and definitely helping to hydrate by drinking a amber ale. Not helping. Probably should grab that glass of water that's sitting up. Nah, nah we'll just stick to the beer. Uh, all right, a little more news, TV, film, and books. Hulu. Hulu just made an announcement, and this one's really excited. I'm excited about this one. Uh, I'm a Hulu user. Most people, I think a lot of people out there are Hulu users, uh, and they just made an announcement that coming in 2018, most likely at the end of 2018, and remember, they have that Spotify deal as well if you're a Spotify and Hulu user. Uh, I actually just told my brother-in-law, Dante, about it uh, like last week because he uses both. I was like, dude, bundle them. Save three bucks or five bucks, whatever it was. Save some money. Uh, anyway, in addition to that, later in 2018, they are going to be, uh, and they they announced this during their upfronts, which uh, I'm not going to get into upfronts. We'll talk about upfronts on another thing. Chris, Chris, our stats and information guy is like laughing right now. He's like, no, 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 don't get enough upfronts. Upfronts is like the worst thing. I'm not going to get enough upfronts, but at their upfronts, uh, they announced that later in 2018, they will be, uh, they will be offering off. Uh, offline viewing. So you'll be able to download shows to then watch offline. Uh, you know, you can do this with a lot of different, uh, like Vudu. If you use Vudu for your films and stuff, you can do that. You can download and then watch offline. So this is great when you're traveling. Uh, and, you know, especially if, if you're going on like a long road trip, long flight or something, and you got your tablet, you can basically just go through and download a bunch of shows and you don't actually have to be streaming them. Uh, now, I believe the commercials are going to be in there if you don't pay for like the premium Hulu where it takes out the commercials. Uh, but if you do pay for the premium Hulu, that like $11.99 package or whatever, uh, you won't have commercials in your offline viewing either. So that's kind of cool. I'm excited about that one. It's going to come in handy for traveling. I think a lot of people are going to find that useful. When it comes to traveling, because you don't have to have Wi-Fi, especially like road trips and stuff like, especially, you know, if you have kids, I mean, don't don't stick a tablet in front of your two year old for five hours. But if you, if you got like a 10 year old, oh, boy, I'd be downloading all kinds of stuff like which show are they watching it? All right. Ten episodes of that. Ten episodes of this. Just put it all on the tablet. Put it all on the tablet. I say don't do it to your two year old because it's not good for like a two year old shouldn't be watching like five hours. That's a lot of a lot of show watching for a two year old. But a 10 year old. Yeah, let's fry that brain. <laughs> that brain, fry that brain a little bit. I'm joking, or am I? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. All right, one more thing in TV film books. I found this one interesting. So Kevin Smith, uh, I believe he might have been talking about this on. Yeah, it was on Colbert. He was on Colbert the other night. 
uh, and talked about this. Uh, this was his heart attack. We've talked about it recently. We talked about it right after it happened on the podcast. We always talk about Kevin Smith because I am a huge, huge fan of Kevin Smith. He is the reason I went to film school. Uh, and when he was being interviewed by Colbert, actually filled us in on some interesting information. Uh, now, when he first was having his heart attack, and a little just background for those of you who don't remember, he was having like a major, massive heart attack, the Widowmaker artery was clogged this is they call it the widowmaker because a lot of people die from it and it was a widowmaker so he goes into the hospital and he actually said to the doctor he said you know i think i just smoked too much pot this morning smoked too much pot and that's that's the doctor was like uh no you're having a heart attack and then kevin smith was like well that must be the reason i'm having the heart attack and the doctor said no actually because you smoked marijuana that most likely saved your life because while he was having a heart attack, the marijuana kept him calm and didn't exacerbate the heart attack. So theoretically, marijuana, pot, weed, Mary Jane, the good stuff, saved Kevin Smith's life. Now, should you, if you have heart problems, should you go out and start smoking a bunch of marijuana? No. No, 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 no. However, we are seeing medical benefits right before our very eyes. And the stress management and everything else that was able to, uh, that Kevin Smith was able to get the benefit of. All right, let's get into some music. We're just getting some music. That's definitely a new Go Tell It to the Wall, uh, Go Tell It to the Wall podcast slogan Pot Saves Lives. Here, here. Oh, thank you for that one, Chris. Pot Saves Lives. <laughs> hey, you know what? It does. It does. Like, I don't care how you feel about it. It saves lives in certain ways because, you know, like, you know, there's people out there that would just walk around getting in fights all the time and probably hurt someone. And then they smoke and they don't. They don't. I mean, I've seen the benefit. I'm a huge proponent of medical marijuana. I've seen the benefits when it comes to mental illness. You just have to make sure you're medicating in the correct fashion, the same way you do with opioids or any kind of me- like you have to know what you're doing. You, you have to have an expert. You have to be knowledgeable. All right. Anyway. Let's get into some music. I got a couple things on music here. I have a really exciting one. Uh, and I just was remiss talking about this the past couple episodes. Uh, Mike Skinner, a.k.a. The Streets. Mike Skinner, a.k.a. The Streets. If you're not familiar with him, uh, he is an electronic musician out, uh, electronic musician and MC out of England. Uh, and he's been around for, for quite a while. Quite a while. I've been a fan of his for probably since like 04 yeah, probably around 04. Good friend of mine, Rob, turned me on to him. And ever since then, I was like, he had two, uh, Mike Skinner had two albums out at that time. I like immediately went out and got those albums. This was back when we were still buying albums. Went out and bought physical CDs. Uh, and then since then, I bought every single album of theirs. And they've been releasing some new tracks. Mike Skinner, The Streets, has been releasing some new tracks. If you're a fan of The Streets uh, or if you're interested in looking at some new music, head on over to YouTube, check them out. Also, you can check them out on Spotify. When you're heading over and, and adding Go Tell It's a Wall podcast to your list, Add the streets as well. Check out, I mean, check out their old stuff. Man, original pirate material. Oh my gosh, fantastic album. Check that one out. But also check out their new stuff he's putting out. And I will tell you, on one of his later albums, speaking of mental health awareness, one of my absolute favorite songs is called Edge of a Cliff. Edge of a Cliff. And I'll be honest with everyone on the podcast, listening to podcasts, on the live feed, uh, I actually found myself listening to this song shortly before I came into the studio to do episode 55. Uh, And I bring that up in conjunction with mental health awareness because this is one of those songs that does make you think. 
And it could help you. I'm not saying it will. It helps me with the lyrics and the song itself to really focus on myself and put things in perspective. So check that out. Check out the streets in general. Uh, but if you're always looking for kind of good, positive, you know, bring it back down to earth type songs, uh, Edge of a Cliff would definitely be one to check out. All right, we got one more thing for music news. I put this in music. I almost put it in tech, but I just put it in music because it's, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know what the hell. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that sounds like it's television. I don't know. Uh, Gibson Guitars just announced that they filed for bankruptcy, bankruptcy protection. And it's funny because I saw this one a couple days ago. Uh, I have a good friend, Jeffrey, uh, who loves Gibson guitars. He has a, a cat named Gibson, and I immediately thought of him. I was like, oh, man, Gibson. Like, And you know, I mean, Gibson guitars, it's like the original electric guitar. They are so well-known. Slash from Guns N' Roses play, plays one. I mean, everybody, like, that is a very popular guitar, very well-made. Uh, so, of course, when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, whoa, oh, man. The important thing here is Gibson Guitars is the name of the company, and they filed for bankruptcy protection, uh, but they're actually trying to liquidate all of their electronics brands. So they're going to continue making guitars, uh, but they're they're trying to to liquidate all of their electronics brands, and they also own the Wurlitzer brand name. Uh, so it looks like maybe the Wurlitzer, uh, it's pro probably going to be sold off. I imagine the Wurlitzer brand will kind of stick around, like someone will buy that and be sold off. So you'll still be able to get your Gibson guitars. They're going to continue making guitars. They're just kind of trying to liquidate some other assets uh, so that they can continue to make guitars, you know? And I'm, I'm not much of a guitar player. A uh, little bit I do play. I have an Epiphone guitar. That's, I, you know, I don't know. I, like, I played a little bit of guitar as a teenager. Not good. Not good. But I know Gibson is one of the most popular guitars on the face of the earth. All right, I got a little bit of sports. Uh, I got one thing on sports. And I'm going to say it right now. Well, I'm going to say it at the end. But let, let me give you a little, little, little update here. The Washington Racial Slurs football team are back in the news recently. That's right, the Washington Racial Slurs. We don't say their actual mascot name because it's extremely offensive. And the white, rich son of a bitch, Dan Snyder, that owns that team does not care that he's offending an entire race of people. However, the Washington Racial Slurs had a story come out about their cheerleaders. Now, apparently, back in 2013, they brought all their cheerleaders down to Costa Rica for a little calendar shoot. You've, you've probably seen, if you live in a city, especially a city that has a football team, you've probably seen, you know, they do, and it's fine. Like, that, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Do a little calendar shoot, you know, make money. Uh, the cheerleaders get paid for it and, and whatever else. They throw on some swimsuits. It's, you know, it's like Sports Illustrated swimsuit, you know, whatever. People like it. It's cool. Make some money. You know, the, the girl, like I said, the, the women are getting paid. Uh, the team's going to make some money. I'm sure they, the, I would hope that the cheerleaders get a little cutback, kickback uh, from the sales of the calendars. Here's where it got ridiculous. So they brought all of the cheerleaders, 36 of them, down to Costa Rica. Costa Rica. And, of course, they had, and, you know, these are models. And we all know the Orange Menace talked about going back and at the Miss Universe pageant. Everyone's just, they're all getting dressed, and they're not wearing clothes. So, of course, models are running around, changing clothes for photo shoot and everything else. They're getting dressed. Many of them running around, like, topless and everything else for certain shoots. You know, that's what they do, like, the body painting and stuff now. Which is fine. Except that the Washington racial slurs actually invited a bunch of sponsors and muckety-mucks from the team to go hang out at the photo shoot and basically just ogle women all day. Ogle these cheerleaders who are just trying to do their job. Well, it gets worse from there, wall fans. 
It gets worse. Because at the end of the day, nine of the 36 cheerleaders were told their day was not done. Those nine had been chosen by some of the male sponsors that were hanging out at the event to be their personal escorts to a nightclub. They weren't given a choice. I mean, obviously, they were not handcuffed and forced to. These women weren't asked, would you like to do this? And you can say, well, they could have just left. They weren't dragged there. Yes. But in the moment, that's your job. And you don't, all you're thinking about is, I need to keep my job. So it's completely inappropriate. And I want to start it right now. It is absolutely 100% time to take that team away from Dan Snyder. It is time to move that team from Washington, D.C. And it is definitely well, well, well beyond time to get rid of that incredibly insensitive racial slur that they use as a team name. And we're starting it right now, Wall fans. Hashtag Dan Snyder, leave. There it is. Hashtag Dan Snyder, leave. Hashtag Washington racial slurs, do better. They don't deserve a team. They don't deserve a team. Dan Snyder, they don't deserve a team. That entire organization should be gutted. Gutted. Kind of like they did at Penn State when Jerry Sandusky was was caught, you know, when all that came to light. They really cleaned house. It's time for that to happen in Washington. (laughs) Not just the football team in Washington. (laughs) Maybe that that house there on Pennsylvania Avenue that's, you know, white. Maybe clean that house too. Get that son of a bitch out of there. That'd be nice. Man, that'd be nice. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. I don't know. I'm holding out hope. We'll see if that happens. Ah, we're not gonna get, let's not get into Orange Menace today. We're running out of time. I got a few more things. Uh, I got a little more tech. I'm going to run through this tech so quick, just real quick. Oh, Samsung made an announcement. Samsung S9 and S9 Plus coming out soon will be new versions of this. It will be a 128 gigabyte and 256 gigabyte version of those phones. That's right. That's like... That's like what a lot of the Ultrabooks are putting out right now is like 256. I mean, my Surface is only pushes like 500 gigabytes. <laughs> I'm going to have almost as much on my phone. It's amazing. And then you throw one of those like 200 gigabyte mini SD cards in there. Boom. Boom. More memory than my computer. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I'm sure people will want to do that. You know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to save. Well, here just goes, goes back to being, being careful and Facebook getting themselves in the news. As always, this is just what they do. They're doing it so much lately. They got caught. An engineer at Facebook got caught stalking people on twin, Twinder? Twinder. Twinder. Let's start. Twin, Twinder is Tinder for twins. Right? Twinder. Tinder for twins. So if, if, you're, if you have a twin brother and you like to double date, Twinder. Million dollar idea. I'm going to call Silicon Valley right now. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody cares about that. Twinder. Someone probably already owns it anyway. Uh, anyway, this Facebook engineer was actually using information that he got through his job and stalking women on Tinder. Uh, he fortunately was caught and fired, and I hope he's going to face some legal ramifications. But be careful out there on Tinder whenever on any of those sites. Just be careful. You know, don't get in those situations. Um I would say don't even use the dating sites, but I know that's what the kids like to do these days. I, I have no experience. I've never used any of the dating sites. Fortunately, I just I didn't. Have, I don't think there's anything wrong with using it. I just think you, you you're you're talking to strangers so much, and I guess you're doing that like at a bar or whatever. But you know, meet friends of friends. That's the way to go. Meet friends of friends. Like don't be doing that stuff. Anyway, all right. One more thing in tech: the Nest Test the Nest Temp Sensor 
that I talked about a few weeks ago that would be coming out is now available. It is thirty nine dollars. Uh, no, twenty nine. No, it's twenty nine or thirty nine. I can't remember. I don't have it right in front of me. Twenty nine or thirty nine. It's getting thirty forty bucks. Get you that nice little temperature sensor. You can get it right now on Nest.com or the Google Store. Uh, so head on over, get yourself one of those so that you can get you know correct temperatures throughout your house. Come on, man. I'm getting one. I'm, I'm getting one. Real soon, put it in my daughter's room so I know the exact temperature in there because it's all, it's a constant thing, especially with the heat coming, the summer's coming. Oh, man, getting one of those. It's a, it's a necessary thing. Whew. All right, let's get into some common sense. I want to bring up Ryan Reynolds once again. Ryan Reynolds, I wasn't really aware of this until recently, but has been very open about his anxiety. And this being Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to bring this up where he was doing an interview and uh, and talked about how he one of the ways he deals with his anxiety, and that would be an app called Headspace. Uh, I haven't used this app, but apparently it helps him to to kind of relieve his anxiety, diminish his anxiety before he does like interviews and stuff and goes out on stage, whatever else he's doing. Uh, so, so if you have a need, you're looking for something to 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 help with that situation, check out the Headspace app. Uh, and again, it's it's fantastic to see more and more people that are in the spotlight coming out and being open about their anxiety. So good on you, Ryan Reynolds, and and many many of us out there appreciate what you're doing with your honesty. Oh, so there was a little break in at Taco Bell in Pasadena recently. Taco Bell in Pasadena recently. That's here in near Los Angeles. It's actually not far from where I live. Uh, and apparently it was a drunk and hungry individual who broke into the Pasadena Taco Bell and ate 10, 10 Doritos taco shells and then left. And of course the police were called the next morning uh, and they you know, started to investigate. And the guy actually came forward and confessed to eating 10 Doritos taco shells. And I am... It's one of those things that I'm just conflicted on because, like, dude, you can't break into places. But, dude, I get it. <laughs> like, sometimes you have a little too much to drink and you just need a damn taco. Taco Bell should be open. 20. I don't eat Taco Bell, but Taco Bell feels like a place that should be open 24 hours. Like, that's drunk food to a T. Let's let's get open 24 hours there, Taco Bell. Probably because it's Pasadena. Nothing against Pasadena. I, just, I don't think there's 24-hour stuff in Pasadena. <laughs> it's not a lot of it if there is any. Uh, all right, I also found a nice little article from The Takeout. And I don't even want to get into this, all this ridiculousness, but it, be, it was interesting to me because I want to bring up a quote from another great podcaster uh, from the Los Angeles area. Uh, so this article that came out was talking about uh, because marijuana has been recreationally legal in Oregon for a few years now. They've had it for a while. It's really big up there. Uh, and apparently there's been some backlash that because additionally what's big up there is craft beer, craft brewing. Uh, and there's been some backlash saying, is the recreational marijuana hurting the craft beer industry because, and apparently because more people are going for marijuana than are for the craft beer. Uh, now, I bring this up because Mark Marin had a nice little quote on his re one of his recent episodes where he was interviewing Tom Rhodes, uh, where he said, and, and this is not ex an exact quote, but he did say, I feel like people that are going to smoke marijuana, we're already smoking marijuana. And it's not like this craze because it became recreationally legal and everyone's running out and doing it. And I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I don't think, you know, maybe some uh, person here and there, uh, but I don't think people are like, well, screw this beer. I'm going to go do this now. No, no, come on. No, it's not hurting it. Just do better. Maybe your craft beer is hurting. Maybe your craft beer, like the rest of the country, is losing some sales a little bit because we have just saturated every market with craft beer. And it's hard to, even, you know, it's hard to sustain that. Green Flash Brewing, San Diego. Had to liquidate, sell off to investors. 
Okay, uh, I'm going to end it with this. I, I really didn't want to. I really didn't want to. I'm not a big Dr. Phil fan. But Dr. Phil recently had a 15-year-old on his show along with her mother. She is a self-proclaimed princess from Beverly Hills. And she wanted to get her mother on Dr. Phil because her mother decided to cut her monthly allowance. Before I tell you what she would cut her monthly allowance from and to, I will tell you, she also has a personal driver, this 15-year-old, and a limitless credit card. And her mother pointed out that there have been times where she has paid $10,000 on the credit card and times where it could have even been higher than that, but she just didn't pay attention, just got it paid to be done with it. Well, her monthly allowance at one time was $5,000. $5,000 a month was being given to this 15-year-old girl from Beverly Hills. I'm going to say it one more time. $5,000. Now, keep this in mind. There are families in this country right now families of four or five that are living and supporting their entire family on that much money. $5,000. When her mother decided to cut it down to $1,000, she got upset and wanted to go on Dr. Phil to negotiate what to get her allowance to. And you know what? I'm not even going to give her name out, but you know what I say to you, Beverly Hills princess? You know what I say? Fuck you. And that Bentley you rode in on. Because a lot of us out there know what a real struggle is. A lot of us out there know that there are people in this country and in this world that survive off things like food stamps. They're not worried about their $5,000 allowance being cut. They're worried about feeding their children. So do better. And honestly... I don't wish bad things on people, but I kind of hope this girl like graduates high school, goes backpacking in Europe and maybe just gets lost and doesn't come back to this country because here's also a great example of why the orange menace is president right now because of people like this. That's not okay. That's not okay. And I have no compassion for you. Allowance. I didn't, even, I didn't even know what the hell an allowance... Like, I knew what an allowance was. You know how I got money when I was a teenager? I worked. I worked. That's how I got money. I wasn't walking around asking for handouts from my parents. Yeah, my, of course my parents, you know. They clothed me. They fed me. But I worked. I wasn't walking around looking for handouts. And I'm better for that today. And this 15-year-old, unfortunately... Is probably going to grow up and be a wannabe Kardashian and put out a weird sex tape and then not be famous. Sounds about right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a fucking break. Okay, I got this ice. I got. That's it. That's it for the f bombs. That one I planned. I planned, but I can't do it because we're on Spotify and stuff now. And I'm trying to keep it clean. Keep it clean. All right, we're done. We're done. I leave you with that. The self-proclaimed Beverly Hills princess who really probably should just be locked in a room. I mean, can, like, can we just make her eat saltines and ketchup for a month and be like, you see what it could be? Now complain. Uh, can't. I can't. I can't. I can't eat. What do the kids say? I can't even. I can't even. That's a terrible kid impression. I can't even. I don't know. Can you tell I'm done? Oh, man. It's been a long week.
Oh, it's been a long week. But thanks for joining, Wall fans. As always, as always, I appreciate you listening, subscribing, telling your friends. I know this episode was a little bit all over the place, uh, but that's, you know, we just end up with those sometimes. Uh, and of course, don't forget, check out the YouTube channel. Check out the YouTube channel. Head on over to YouTube. Search Go Tell It's the Wall. Subscribe to our channel. Uh, don't forget Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell it's the wall. Also Twitter at tell the wall pod or at magic Muppet. Just follow both of them. And of course, Sean or live.com will take you to all of those things. And I'm literally, I'm going to finish up the podcast here. I'm going to do a little bit of editing. I got to shoot another beer review and then I'm getting right back into the the website updating. And, and hopefully that'll be some new updates will be heading your way very, very, very soon. So look forward to that. Uh, and of course, thank you for listening. Thank you, Wall fans. Thank you, Common Censors. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, Chris and Bridget, as always, for helping me on the podcast and keeping me in line. And, of course, we will be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time, same wall channel. <laughs> Which, I, maybe not same wall channel. We'll see. We might be moving it to Twitch. We'll see. I'll let everyone know. Uh, but remember, Wall fans, this has been fifth episode. Uh, see, I'm screwed up. This has been episode 55. I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And remember, Wall fans, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, and no matter why you're doing it, always use common sense.